This is the Idea Time Show, Idea Time Show with Dr. Joe North, helping facilitators expand their creativity, confidence, and impact through the power of innovation in action. Gain confidence as a facilitator, confidence with the technology, and confidence with your content and event design. Tune in every week for practical tips, strategies and interviews that will accelerate your personal and business success. And now, here's your host, Dr. Jo North. Hello there, how are you? Welcome to the show. I hope you're doing good. The purpose of this episode is all about helping you to stay relevant. The world is changing so much, isn't it? It keeps shifting. The goalposts keep changing. And it's really important that your products and services are relevant and still performing well in the way that you need them to. So this show is all about helping you to think about your business's innovation needs to future-proof your offer. And also think about some of the things you might want to stop doing as well, some things you might want to tweak in your business. I'm going to share some things with you. You can use these things either on your own, individually with a cup of tea, just work through them and have some nice quiet time to to think it through. Or you can do it in a team environment, maybe facilitate a session on product planning and and service planning as well for for the months ahead. So the process we're going to go through in the show um, is first of all thinking about your goals because whatever you're doing, whether it's thinking about your products and services or anything else in your business, it's important to set the framework in terms of how does this fit into the bigger picture of what your definition of success is and what you want to achieve. Then we're going to be talking about data-driven decision-making and using your results. Now, this doesn't necessarily mean that you need to have loads and loads of of data and great systems in your business. If you have, that's amazing. If not, there's some very pragmatic things that you can do to get some information about performance. So we'll talk about that. We'll also be thinking then about your product and service performance trends to date, a bit about forecasting customer needs, and then working through what the innovation needs are for your business. So a very practical approach that we're going to be taking, but also using some lovely classical tools and things like the product lifecycle, right, which has been around for decades. The BCG matrix or the Boston Consulting Group matrix, again, conceived, I think it was back in the 1960s by the founder of the Boston Consulting Group. So things that you might be familiar with and have learned about previously, but you know, my challenge is, are you applying them proactively to your business? If you are, that's great. If not, then they are very simple and very effective things that you can use to think about how things are going for you and work out how you can move things around and, and, and do even better in your business. I'll be touching on the Gartner hype cycle for 2022 and technology trends for 2023, along with some headlines from Mintel global consumer trends for next year as well. We're just going to touch lightly on those. I'm not going to go into depth on them, but just to give you the shape of some some resources that you can use and some methods that you can use to, to help your thinking. And then thinking about some principles from Blue Ocean Strategy. Well, what do you do with all of this? You know, you've evaluated your products and services. So what next? How do you move this forward? What are some of the practical things you can start to think about from an innovation perspective? So a busy show, but we're going to start off thinking about your goals. And your goals really for the months and years ahead are there to help you achieve the vision, mission and purpose that you have for your business. And from those goals, the things that you actually want to deliver 
outcome, your objectives, your key results and your targets. And all of this, of course, in line with the values for your business, the values being, you know, the key principles, the things you believe in, the North Star of behaviours and how you want to do business. So when you're thinking about products and services and their performance, it's really about thinking in the context of what you want to achieve. What is your purpose, vision and mission? And what do you want to achieve? And then how well are your products and services performing for you in the context of you wanting to achieve those things? So take a step back, go up a few levels and, and look in on your business from a greater height and think about those things before you even start so that any plans you make from the resulting work that you do means that you are working towards the delivery of all of those things. And a few words on goals. I like this Kenichi Omai, who was a strategist, quote, growing harder doesn't help if the boat is headed in the wrong direction. So yes, before you get into the the, the detail of your products and services, think about the overall direction. And I also like this James Clear quote, rudder and oars, to achieve a goal, you need a system. This approach that I'm going to share with you around product and service evaluation will give you a bit of a system, but you, you need to set that up. And also avoid goal competition. That means that we're trying to do too many goals at the same time. So really think about priorities when you work through this. What are the products and services that you really want to focus on that are going to make the biggest difference to your business and to achieving those things that you want to achieve? Trying to do too much at once is really setting ourselves up to not succeed. And we improve by measuring as well. So think about how you're going to measure the future performance of all of these things. So I hope that's making sense. And we're going to get started with data-driven decision-making and using your results that you've had so far to help you step back, take the emotion out of it and think about uh, your products and services from a really more objective perspective. Use the Pareto principle, which is that most of the results come from a small amount of effort. So I imagine that in your business, you've got quite an amount of revenue and profit coming from a few things that do really, really well. And then you might have a larger number of smaller things that contribute, but they don't contribute as much as as the main things. So focus on the things that are making the biggest difference for you. You might know what they are. You might need to do a bit of analysis to actually test your intuition, your perception about how well products and services are performing. So what I suggest you do is get as much information as you can Think about for each product and service that you offer, how are sales going? So think about the value of that, but think about how much you are selling and think about how profitable each of those products and services are. And I like to look at trends and patterns. So how has it been going? Is is the trend been um, increasing? Is it leveled off? And think about how has it performed versus your expectations. So have your sales and profitability results from each of your products and services, are they actually in line with what you were hoping that they would be? They might be better, they might be the same, or of course, they might not be as good. But just no judgment, just an evaluation of the information in front of you. And it's really great if you can take at least a 12-month period to do that, or six months or or three months or the last month. So work with whatever you've got, right? This isn't about having perfect data or perfect information. It's about taking the best information that you've got available for you right now. I'd also be looking at customer feedback and 
thinking about what sort of reviews have you had? What are people saying about it online? Are they giving you testimonials, recommendations, referrals elsewhere? Have you had complaints or people saying they're not happy or that things aren't performing as well as you'd like? So for each product and service, think about what customers are saying about them as well as the sales and the profit trends and actual performance versus expectation. I'd also suggest, and please, you know, when you're doing this, make some notes, write it down, get it out of your head and onto the page somewhere, either on a laptop or flip charts and post-its, whatever you prefer, a notebook. But think about what is the cost of sales and what is the effort of sales. You know, you, you might have some products that are doing okay, but they are, you know, a real pain or they're hard work or or they're costing a fortune to deliver. Or you might have some that are really easy, you know, they're just flying out the door and doing really, really well, low effort and great results. So think about that in the mix as well and do this for each product and service, sort of evaluate each on these terms and and other things. Are there some products or services, for instance, that give you amazing PR or media attention that really adds value to the business? Okay, so the first step then is to focus on what drives the most results for your business. Take the most important one first and then work down the list and think about in the round for each product or service, sales and profit performance, customer feedback, the cost and effort of sales, and anything else like the PR or media attention that these things give you. So I hope that's okay and straightforward for you. And when you've got that, and you've got all that information to hand for each of your products and services, I suggest that you plot them on a product service lifecycle format. So This is the curve where you've got time along a bottom axis, sales up a vertical axis, and then the curve of startup growing into a growth phase, maturing, it might level off and then decline down the other side. So everything has a life cycle, right? Humans, butterflies, flowers, businesses, products, services, everything has a life cycle. So where are each of your products and services on that life cycle? And actually draw this out or print it out or and, you know, stick each product or service where you think it belongs. Because if something's growing and it's startup, you know, what do you need to do to nurture it, to get it to the next level? If something is at a maturity phase, what you might want to do is think about how to reboot it. Because once something has started to decline, it can be a lot harder and more expensive to bring it back up to where it needs to be. And think about where your customers are in this process as well. So another classic framework that I really like is the adoption innovation curve. Are your customers, you know, the innovators, the people who are leading, the early adopters, the people that are really setting the trends because your products or services are so innovative? Or are you into getting it out there, you know, that market penetration where you're appealing to the majority of the customers that you want to appeal to. And then, of course, at the end of the of the curve, you've got laggards um, who, are, who are really left behind and who, who will only buy in when they absolutely need to. So think about what stage your customers are at as well. And remember that when you've got products and services that are at the maturity stage of the life cycle, what we need to do is think about extending that life cycle. So kickstarting a new growth curve, and that's called product extension. It means that you stop the decline by starting a brand new growth curve by reimagining, relaunching, and refreshing the product or service in question. And just wanted to share some variations on this. So the Gartner hype cycle, as you, you might know that Gartner are an incredible organization, have a look at them online. 
And for technology, they produce hype cycle and technology trends every year. The top strategic technology trends for 2023 fall into the categories of things that we will be optimizing. So existing technologies that will be making even better technologies that we will scale and more pioneering technology underpinned by sustainability. They're forecasting what the trends are. So optimised digital immune system, applied observability, AI trust, risk and security management. Pioneering are super apps, adaptive AI and the metaverse. And as I've said, all underpinned by sustainable technology. But what they do, and this is for 2022, I haven't seen the 2023 hype cycle yet i keep looking for it if you've seen it and i haven't seen it yet then please do send me a link um, let me know but they plot each of the technologies onto a version of the product or service life cycle but they call each stage a different item so along the time horizontal axis so there's an innovation trigger that really launches the innovation. There's a peak of inflated expectations where we all get really excited about it and we are expecting great things, followed by a dip, which is the trough of disillusionment when we realize that things aren't working quite as well as we hoped they would. Then things start to climb a bit more gently than the peak of inflated expectations, but we come out of the trough of disillusionment into the slope of enlightenment when we start to realize how we can actually use and apply the technology and make it work and then enter into the plateau of productivity. I love those expressions and phrases and labels. They're great, aren't they? They really sort of conjure up the different stages and how they feel. What Gartner does is plots each technology onto innovation trigger, peak of inflated expectations, trough of disillusionment, slope of enlightenment or plateau of productivity and show how long they think it will take based on all the analysis that they do to reach the plateau, the final stage, the plateau of productivity and show is it less than two years, two to five, five to ten, more than ten. It will be obsolete before the plateau, for instance. So you could do something like this. Uh, you don't have to be a technology business to do it. You can use the principles of this and create a similar curve for your business and plot where you think everything is on the different parts of the curve and say, how long do you think it will be before it gets to its plateau? So you can start to see how much future life in the products and the services that you offer. And an alternative method you could use to, to plot where your products and services are is the BCG matrix. And you'll be familiar with these terms, I'm sure. A cash cow is something that has low market growth and a high market share. So your cash cows are the things that you're selling, maybe at the mature stage of the product life cycle, and they're selling well, they generate good steady income for you, and they are generating good profit for you as well. In the category of high market share and high market growth are stars. So these are the things that are growing really well. You know, they're showing good promise for the future, a good upward trajectory, and performing really well in the market. Now, Today's stars are tomorrow's cash cows if they're looked after. So over time, the stars will go through the product life cycle, won't they? And achieve a plateau and they'll become the cash cows of the future, we hope. In the category of low market share and high market growth, we've got question marks. So these are products or services that could either take off and do really well or just flop, underperform, not, not do as well as you hope they would. 
So with the question marks, with products and services that fall into the question mark category, you've got a choice here. Do you think that you can do something with them, you know, with some nurturing, some investment, a bit of a push, a bit more resource behind it, perhaps they could be the stars of the future? Or are they things that will be future dogs? I'll come on to what a dog is in a moment. You know, it's really stop investing, let it go and move on to something else. Dogs have got low market growth and low market share. And there needs to be a really good reason why you're hanging on to those in your business, because they they will, even if you don't do much with them, they're taking up space for absorbing some time, effort and focus somewhere. So try and get rid of the dogs unless they are part of of making something else somewhere else um, successful. So what you're doing is you're deciding whether or not your products and services are stars question marks, dogs or cash cows. And we need to nurture the cash cows and not be complacent about them because the cash cows, don't forget, are at the maturity phase. And if we don't relaunch that growth curve again, when you start a new growth curve, they'll become the dogs of the future. So this is really, really good. Now, the classical things that we define them by are market share and market growth, high and low, as I've just explained. But sometimes I find that businesses don't know or it's hard to quantify what the market share is and how much the market is growing. Sometimes the data, particularly for small to medium-sized businesses, can be challenging to obtain. If that's the case with you, look at it from the perspective of proportion of your total sales and the sales growth rate. So look at measures that you can use. You know how much of your total sales each product or service generates and you know how quickly something is growing. So you can use those dimensions instead of market growth and market share. So I hope that's useful. So what we've done so far is you've got your data together for each product or service. It's a prioritized list, starting with the things that make the most difference and then working down the list of priorities. You've got all that data together and you've organized it so you can see it on a product life cycle in a BCG or Boston Consulting Group matrix format. And then it's about thinking, what we're going to do with all of this information, you know, because we need to think about what our customers tomorrow, next week, next month and beyond are going to be wanting and needing, right? Because customer needs change and you need to make sure your products and services are updated and keep innovating to keep up with that change. I like to use resources like Mintel Global Consumer Trends. These are published every year. The 2023 ones are out and I'll give you the headlines on those in a second. You can find these just by simply Googling Mintel Global Consumer Trends 2023, okay? And you'll get the headlines. And there are other resources as well. Sometimes people will say, well, I'm in business to business, so the consumer trends don't affect me. They absolutely do, because consumer trends feed through into business. And of course, the people running businesses are consumers, so they take that consumer thinking into work as well, into the business environment. So there is a connection there. Forecasting customer needs using Intel's research is they're showing that there are seven drivers of consumer behavior. And these are that the need for well-being, mental and physical wellness is growing. The need for that is growing, I think, particularly given coming out of the COVID experience. Rights, feeling respected, protected and supported. Value, finding tangible and measurable benefits from investments. So people are seeking value from things, particularly given how challenging the economic environment is um, forecast to continue to be. 
Identity, uh, people understanding and expressing themselves and their place in society. Experiences, people want to seek and discover stimulation. Their surroundings, feeling connected to their environment and technology. Finding solutions through that both digitally and in the physical world, but also in the virtual environment as well. So, so those trend drivers give rise to five core themes that consumers will be looking for in 2023. The first of those Mintel have called me mentality. So this is about consumers, people focusing on themselves and brands helping them to take centre stage. So it's individually looking after ourselves and, um, and putting our own needs first is the forecast. The second one is power to the people, which is about businesses really having to more and more take on consumer views, uh, consumer needs in their decision making, and also allowing customers to be the centre of innovation and creating space for co-creation with customers as well. So customers wanting to be very much more empowered and involved in what their brands are providing for them. The third one is hyper fatigue. So there's so much noise, so much going on, so much available information that people just, it's just a lot, right? So we've, we've had a lot. So people are trying to cut through the noise and connect with the things that matter to them. So the fourth uh, trend is international localism. So it's about buying local so that people can protect themselves financially and environmentally and psychologically because it feels that they're giving back. And that's an international trend to buy local, hence the, the phrase international localism. So what can you do um, locally? How can you connect? How can you be part of the community? And how can you support environmental and community benefits? And then the fifth and final one is intentional spending. People are thinking about how they spend their money, what they're spending it on. They want to spend their money on purchases that give them flexibility, durability in the tool, also contribute to sustainability. So they're becoming really important themes to consider. Think about your customers. Think about the changing mindset as well as where the market's going and where you need to be. Where do your products and services need to be? How are they performing and how do you need them to perform in the future? And using resources like this, I think, can be a good prompt to help you with your innovation. And when you're doing this, think about how you create differentiation. How do you move towards the innovation process in terms of what could you do less of that your competitors do? What hassles can you reduce or even take away completely? What can you simplify, make faster, make clearer and help your customers that way? And also what could you introduce that nobody else is doing or what do others do that you could do even more of? So when you're thinking about innovation, I think these four very simple questions can help you play around with directions that you could take your products and services to better serve your customers' future needs. Just really simple questions. What could you do less of? What could you take away? What could you introduce? Or what could you do more of so that you can stand out and outperform your competitors in all the right ways, in ways that your customers really value? Quite a process there, but I think it's a very practical step-by-step -step process. So remember, you're going to sit down with your data, the sales and profit for each product and service, you're going to think about what customers are saying about all of those, the good stuff and the not so good, and, and learn from that. Think about the cost and the effort to provide those products and services and any of the benefits that they might bring, like PR or media or disbenefits as well. And then plot each one of those 
onto a product or service lifecycle or a Boston Consulting Group matrix to get a really good visual. Think about what customers in the future are going to need and then start to create some plans around how you get from where you are now to where you want to be and have a really high-performing, relevant, future-proofed product and service portfolio. I hope you've enjoyed that and found it useful. Just to say that if you want to do more of this sort of thing, I'm going to be running a growth hacking sprint online on Friday the 27th of January next year. It's online on a Zoom call with me. I'll be working with you on your business. You can bring your team up to three people from your business. And the price for that, the investment is £99, including VAT per business not per person, right? So aiming to give you really good value here. I know these are challenging times, but this is great value because you'll get three hours of facilitated support with you and your team working on your business and getting some really great outputs. You'll be working on your business the entire session. So you're going to get a workbook and activities and I'm going to facilitate you through a process so that at the end of it, you've got some immediate things that you can take away and do in your business to move you forward. And you can book your place right now. There are limited places at bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y slash growth hacking sprint. Really enjoyed spending the time with you. Hope you found this useful and I will be back next week. So thank you and bye for now. Thank you for tuning in to the Idea Time Show, brought to you by Dr. Joe North. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel and access more completely free resources at bigbangpartnership.co.uk forward slash resources. We'll see you next time.